calling all baby faces and heels alike. Welcome to the Working Fans Podcast, your place for all things comedy, combat, and wrestling. Reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search Working Fans Podcast. Or you can email us at workingfanswrestlingpod at gmail.com. If you're an audio listener, we encourage you to check out our YouTube. Wherever you listen, please make sure you like, rate, review, and subscribe. But for now, please enjoy this episode of the Working Fans Podcast. Fans, welcome back for Working Fans Comedy Cast, episode 39. We are doing a 5-3-1 on Ben Stiller movies. Next week, November 16th, we will be bringing you episode 40 with a 5-3-1 on Chappelle Show sketches. Now, episode 41, that comes out on November 23rd. That's Thanksgiving week, and we got a Thanksgiving surprise for you. November 30th, we are rounding out the month with episode 42, a 531 on top holiday movies of all t- holiday comedy movies of all time. Dave, we are back in the saddle again. Episode 38, or no, 39 of the comedy cast. Excuse Ooh. me. I don't know how I got them confused. Oh man, rounding in on 40, baby. Here we go. Putting that work in, clapping them cheeks, giving all these people something to smile about when they open up their ears and listen to this podcast. Bye-bye. Now you got a good amount of Ben Stiller responses, right? Like Ben Stiller was, I think, one of our one of our more passionate responses from people. Yeah, I got some responses. Uh, hold on, let me pull them out my ass here real quick. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know what? I think the pro like we would have even got more. Like I got an alright amount of responses, but I think you know Joe's been running around like a marathon too. So it was always just my responses this week, and I'm not throwing Joe to the bus, but. To be fair, like, I Joe built this up. Like, hey, we got a lot of responses. We got some. Got like a lot of 10 here. Hold on. We got some. I, I'm dressing <laughs> it up because actually currently, as you listen to this this week, I am in the woods of Maine. We are recording these in advance to kind of cover for my vacation. And Ben Stiller movies, it's not that we're phoning it in today. No. This is just the last thing on the end of our list. And we wanted to fit it in because we wanted to stay ahead of the game. We enjoy bringing you guys quality content. So even though we don't have a lot of lists, there's going to be a lot of interaction between me and Dave. And we're going to want to hear from you in the comments as well. Yeah, and I'm excited to do this one. So let me just start off. We got Carrie, your friend till the end on Twitter, who wrote Dodgeball, Tropic Thunder, Zoolander, Meet the Parents, and Mystery Men. Dodgeball, for me, one of the great things I love about this movie is the cameo with Chuck Norris, where he ends up being one of the judges. And Ben Stewart is just great in this movie. You know, the whole picture of himself on the wall fighting the bull. And he's like, that really happened, by the way. You know, that whole thing, you know, like, you know, and the girl's like, and I think that might be Ben's actual wife, where she's like, Ron, how did you find out where I live? And he's like, it's called the Freedom of Information Act. <laughs> Look it up. The hippies finally got something right. Like, it's just so perfect. It's so over-the-top obnoxious. And then when he's fat at the end and overweight, and he's just pissed off, and he's like, oh, you kids want a little Easter egg? And he's, like, shaking his man, tits it around. He's like, don't you wish your girlfriend, you know? And he's like, fuck you, Chuck Norris. Like, the whole thing, it's a fantastic movie. I feel like Plus, that came out at the height of his popularity of movies, too. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Vince Vaughn is kind of like his asshole, 
like charming self in this movie as well too where he's kind of a smart ass and doing some stuff and you know what's his name here justin long is kind of just hitting his stride when he hits his movies so just after creepers jeepers creepers he had popped in this one too so it's kind of interesting i remember him like he's washing the car and they're like doing that charity car wash and like how we doing the car wash like that's so good and you just see this guy with a gut playing with his belly button looking at justin long he's like yeah get under the tires boy yeah (laughs) so i don't know any uh let me hit you another list and we'll get some feedback from you as well meet Uh, the parents was another good one too meet the parents is a great one that was one of the ones i think that really kind of you know my like took ben stiller's career to the next level actually Uh, yeah because he was doing comedies before that but then he was able to branch out and he became part of a franchise with that meet the parents meet the fockers yeah and god yeah that took him to like the next level of stardom i feel like Okay, Lord Fokker. All right. Scott from Voluntown. There's something about Mary, Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy, Happy Gilmore, The Royal Tenenbaums, Tropic Thunder. And he said, if the roles in Anchorman and Happy Gilmore were too small to qualify, I'd swap them out for Meet the Parents and Dodgeball, a true underdog story. I think the little part where he's an anchorman, where he's one of the fighting newsmen, this is absolutely great. Him and Happy Gilmore, where he's giving the old lady a hard time, and he's like shushing her, you know, and threatening her. Yeah. Like, he's such an asshole, but he's so he's so funny at this stuff. Um, uh, there's something about Mary him. that was like his first breakout comedy, like one of the early ones where it's like, all right, this guy is going places. Another Fairly Brothers movie, just hilarious. Yeah, that one with the hair gel was obviously super famous, where he gets his balls and dick cut. In the zipper, all good shit. The hell, this is good stuff, baby. Good stuff. I got Zach St. John. He's got Meet the Parents, Zoolander, Heavyweights, Royal Tenenbaums, and Indy. I'll throw Zoolander out there. One of my favorite scenes is when he's doing the eulogy, eulogy after his friends accidentally uh, set himself on fire with a gasoline fight. <laughs> like he was like. We died in a tragic gasoline fight. <laughs> like these guys are like dancing and throwing gasoline on each other, and someone goes to smoke. And he's like doing the eulogy, and he's like, I considered them like brothers, but not like blood brothers, but like how black people say brothers, because I find that way more meaningful. Like <laughs> it's just such a hilarious, silly line. And but for some reason it's very relatable. And I was like, Yeah, you know, I would have to say that like the people I call my brothers like are actually my friends. So I like, you know what? I get it. <laughs> now what are the lists you got for us today? I know you got some more on deck there. Yeah, we got Randy Oska. He's got Meet the Parent, Zoolander, Dodgeball, a true underdog story. There's something about Mary, Night at the Museum, and The Watch. Nice night at the museum. That was like we were talking about, where he was getting those mainstream (coughs) family comedies a lot more. Hmm. Wasn't Robin Williams in that film too? Yeah, I believe he played Teddy Roosevelt. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yeah, good stuff. Now, before uh, before we go on to the next list, we got to say it's almost a given that Ben Stiller would be as funny an actor as he is, being the son of Jerry Stiller, who played George Costanza's dad on Seinfeld. Mm. So good. You know, not necessarily the same type of humor, but I have to feel that growing up in show business and being around comedy, you get that inherent rhythm to it. Yes, I like that they had that. He's great in Seinfeld. I remember he had the Manzir episode or the bro, you know, that bra for men. Yeah, such good stuff. Jerry Seinfeld was just awesome in that. Really? Jerry Stiller, excuse me. Yeah, Jerry 
So we're on Seinfeld. Had I was like, yeah, Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld was great in Seinfeld, Dave. That's why they <laughs> named him. What's with all these people? Um, I got I got Michael Flynn. He's got a list. <laughs> Surprise, motherfucker. I do a Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> He's got Tropic Thunder, Zoolander, Dodgeball, Heavyweights, and the Royal Tenenbaums. I don't remember much about the Royal Tenenbaums. I kind of do. Me like, neither. But uh, that's another one like Zoolander where... I wouldn't expect it to hit people's top five list, but that's what we get when we ask these questions. You you get a lot of the responses you expect, and then some that it's like, ooh, I wouldn't have thought of that. Good pick. Mm, I got one more than myself. And maybe think of a list there, too. You know, maybe you got a list here. <laughs> um, I wouldn't even be able to AJ that. I mean, I'll I'll give you I'll give you a partial list. We'll finish with the partial list. All right. We got Jesse from New Hampshire. The guy contributes so much. He's got dodgeball. Starsky and Hutch, Along Came Polly, Meet the Parents slash Fockers, and The Watch. The Watch. What was that? That was, I believe they were a neighborhood watch. Oh, or they were yeah. like a security group, something like that. Yes, 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 yes. I did not see that one. It's got Vince Vaughn, the heavy set kid from that high school movie there. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> I got my own list here. Something about Mary. Me and Jesse actually are kind of clicking on this one. Along came Polly, Starsky and Hutch, Tropic Thunder, and Dodgeball, a true underdog story. So along came Polly. One of my favorite scenes in this movie was the first time, oh, what's his name? Philip Seymour Hoffman talked about how he sharted. And that was the first time I ever heard that expression. And he's like, what? He's like, I farted and a little shit came out. We got to go. Like, he just sells it so well. Hoffman's also has this scene in the elevator where he's just stretching. And there's a bunch of people. And he's like, ah, I'm horny. You know? And it was just, it was just such a thing. And he's like, he's at the basketball courts playing with people, missing every shot. And he's like, why thunder? <laughs> like, Hoffman is great at that. And also, there's another scene I can really relate to where he's having sex with Jennifer Anderson for the first time. And he's about to, like you know, climax, like in the first 10 seconds. But for some reason, he's like, oh, shit, just get the 50. And he's counting in his head. And fellas, I've done this. I don't really give a shit. And he said, and he just yells, finally goes, 50. And she goes, yeah, 50. Yay. <laughs> it's just a great scene. Starsky and Hutch. I love that movie. If you listen to, I think it's in Along Came Polly, where Alec Baldwin's character is talking to him about his wife leaving him. He's got that accent where he's like, the woman was a whore. You're glad you left her. You know, he ends up doing a similar role in Starsky and Hush for this scene where he pretends to be like this big Texas cowboy. You know, if you listen to it and you watch that scene from Starsky and Hutch, it's Alec Baldwin's character in Along Came Polly. So it was just one of those things that I always thought was very funny. You know, Vince Vaughn, Snoop Dogg. I always remember Snoop Dogg as like a little mobster, Huggy Bear. And everybody's coming to him for like help. And there was this little like convenience store guy who's like, they won't leave my store, Huggy. And he's like, don't worry, man. Those people that bother you, they will not bother you anymore. Now be gone, little Indian man. And he's like, thank you, Huggy Bear. <laughs> it's just like, it's such a funny thing. I'm sorry about my poor Indian accent, but I just, I love that movie. I love that scene. So good stuff. Now I'll bring you my list. I got Dodgeball. Yes. I had to include Starsky and Hutch. I thought it was hilarious. Mm -hmm. Something about Mary, obviously up there. 
Tropic yeah. Thunder. We talk all the time on the show about how we enjoy Tropic Thunder. And I had to run it out with the Long Came Polly. Long Came Polly, great films. And also another great scene in that Stars Connects too was when Ben Stewart was all hyped up on cocaine. And he's like playing music. And he actually they actually play the animated blue birds that are like flying around and stuff. And I think he ends up passing out and Owen Wilson sleeps with like both chicks. But anyway, all good films. God, what do you think were the final three here? I feel Dodgeball was up there. Something yeah. about Mary, obviously up there. Yeah, I would say. And then I think it was kind of Meet the Parents, actually. Yeah, Meet the Parents. I I would have to give it to Meet the Parents, yeah. Yeah, I would. So Meet the Parents was a great film. Kind of it was funny. Out. I mean, it spawned that whole set of yeah, movies. Absolutely. absolutely. But for me, it's just not Dodgeball. It's not Dodgeball. It's not something about Mary. Uh, honestly, another film that I thought was shit was just not Tropic Thunder. Simple Jack. <laughs> yeah. That's just great, great stuff. And Robert Downey Jr. telling him, he's like, you can't go full retard. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr.'s words, folks. Don't get mad at me. I didn't write this shit. <laughs> but, you know, it's just. Yeah, we would call them those little helmet headed kids or special needs motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's yeah, that dude talking the wall for? Uh, I got to. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my Uncle Pedro. Love you, buddy. You know, Uncle Pedro's been catching it on this show lately. <laughs> Uncle Pedro, Pedro was catching a lot of stuff in his life, man. You don't know about Uncle Pedro. <laughs> <laughs> He's smooth as silk, baby. <laughs> so, something about Mary and shit. I distracted Dodgeball. Dodgeball. Yeah, those are, to me, something about Mary was the first one that really kind of like, you know, just killed it, those Fari films. But, um, I'm a big dodgeball fan. I think it's a sleeper. I think most people would probably say something about Mary, though. Should probably win this. That would be my pick. But like, what's your what's your case for dodgeball over something about Mary? Because like, Fairly movies, the Fairly brothers, they made Dumb and Dumber, hmm. Outside Providence, a lot of really good comedies around that time. Yeah. What do you think about dodgeball, though? You know, I think it's just I like the cast of characters. Like, I like Justin Long's character. I like Vince Vaughn. I like the Steve the Pirate character. They're like, go back to Treasure Island. <laughs> you know, like, a milkshake at this guy. I mean, it's just a funny film with a lot of silliness to it. Who's that guy that, is it Rip, Rip Torn? Yeah. Yeah, he's in there. And he's like their like, guy that's like, you know, like your leader. And he's their inspiration. And then a big sign just like falls on his head and kills him. Like it's a silly, it's a silly movie. I don't know. I'm a big fan of it, but again, I think you're kind of right. And I think you know sometimes when you're doing these lists, you can have your personal favorites, but you have to realize too and step aside. Like what are the people's favorites? And I think it's probably something about Mary. I think that film just hit a little more, and it's probably Ben Stiller's best work. Yeah, sometimes that first impression or that first big impression is what's important, but you know what the music means. Something about Mary gets our list for top Ben Stiller movie of all time. We will talk to you guys again next week when we talk about Chappelle Show skits. Remember, week after that, November 23rd, holiday surprise, baby. What's Thanksgiving bringing you? And then November 30th, 531 holiday comedies. So, guys... 
Okay, we can later. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F O U R, the number is 82 Designs. 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F O U R 82 Designs, at F O U R 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, Go to four eight two designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's a light years better than our first one. Also, we divide the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. Scott, you were involved with the WrestleRose podcast. Yeah. We've asked Mike how it came about, but can you tell us a little bit, for those unfamiliar, and give us your side of how the podcast kind of came together and where it is now? So, so Dan St. Germain had a podcast, Total F and Marks, and he had it for like a while. And then I was a guest on it a few times. And then it became weekly. And then it was just, hey, do you want to do this with me? So I did. And we were on ad-free shows. For, no, not ad-free shows at first. We were on All Things Comedy or whatever. And then... Great uh, podcast network. Yeah, and then Conrad talked to us and was like, hey, what if you did a roast thing, you know, and then I'll put you on our network or whatever. And we were like, all right, whatever, we'll call it Wrestle Roast. We got Robert Karpolis involved. He's uh, WWE creative-ish on Twitter, which is like a super funny account, especially if you're watching Raw or something. It's like just genuinely funny comments on the show throughout the night. And so we got him on board, and, and he also is a former writer for the WWE, so he has like really great insight, and he just thinks like more technical than us in a business way that is super important because it is a business so then we got together with him so we're just being stupid about wrestling he adds like an element of actual legitimacy to it and then mm. lawrence got involved too the way i got involved with dan where he came on as a guest a bunch then he was just whatever blah 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 blah, blah. so yeah now we just every week we uh we roast wrestlers and talk about the week in wrestling mostly AEW, which isn't on us it's really on wwe that you know on Unless we're shitting on like a, a terrible decision they made, it rarely comes up. And yeah, that, that's how it happened. Yeah, if, if anybody hasn't checked out Wrestle Roast, these guys are hilarious. Just this week, Scott, your opening joke. I was editing while I was listening. I laughed out loud. I was like, Jesus. Oh, thanks, man. When did you realize you had a knack for roast jokes? Whoo. Okay. So this, oh no. Oh wow. It involves Dan St. Germain and Mike Lawrence. So Dan was releasing a album with comedy central and he had a, a roast like with the daises and stuff. This was before roast battles at the stand, which is a club in New York city and like comedy centers, all these people were there and stuff. And then he had me on the dais and I was like, I was the only person unknown on it. Like didn't have a credit. And it just so happened I ended up writing a good set and it worked really well. And then I was like, oh, I, I'm capable of that. And then like a month after we did that, the stand started doing roast battles. And since they saw me do that, they just asked me to do the roast battles and I would do them all the time. And, you know, I was good at them. I don't know how it just kind of happened. I think it's like bullshit tricks. I'm never like impressed with roasts, you know, it, like it's just you do like a math equation, you know, you go like, OK, yeah. what do they look like? And then you start like. You start like you start like 
like instead of going like, oh, he's fat, you go like wide. Well, what is wide? And then you go like, oh, this thing in life is wide. And then you find a way to connect it to that, you know, like. I feel like I can hear it in your jokes some weeks where the guys will joke about telling their Scott joke of the week. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. I love hearing everybody's Scott joke because it's like yeah. when that punchline hits, <laughs> that's my favorite part. Like, where is this going? Yeah. Am I lost in the maze? Boom. I'm laughing. And also, that. I'm like, I, I've never, I don't think I've ever written even a day before the show. I'm always writing just that day before during mm. work. And then sometimes they'll be talking and we'll be, cause at first we compliment the wrestler and I'll be like slowly typing up my stuff in order because I didn't create an order. Cause I was just writing them as I was driving all day. Uh, so that could be like super nerve wracking. So, so when does your best inspiration hit you for joke writing? Is there a certain time or is it just kind of just when it pops in your mind? Just early in the morning. Just again, I think it's really because there's less distraction unless New Japan's on. Yeah. So, and since there's no distraction, you just you start talking to yourself. That's all I do. I just I pretend I'm on a roll, and then I see what happens. You know, like I don't I don't go like, oh, what is? I don't go, oh, what what would I write? I go, you're performing this on stage, and it's already going well. And with that, you give yourself like a confidence boost, and then you just shit talk the person like out loud, yeah. and then like jokes just start happening. You know. How long were you doing stand-up before you started doing roast battles? Were you already pre-seasoned? Or? I mean, it's uh, was I seasoned? I guess I started doing battles when I was like 22, and I started when I was 17. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah you I was, had, I was you had time, though. Enough, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's its own thing entirely anyway. Like, there's people who are amazing at battles who can't do stand-up and mm. vice versa for sure. Like, yeah very different things now who were some of your favorite comics coming up and did they influence your style or was it just more something you liked listening to so like getting into stand-up and starting it was i when i started i loved louis ck mm. and i wanted to be louis ck and i definitely sounded like louis ck and I loved Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle, you know, the big guys and Burr mm. and Patrice, like all the tough crowd guys. I really, I'm from Jersey okay. and it's like, that's very much a part of it is, is that type of comedy. And so I loved all those guys. But even before that, it was like, I loved Jim Carrey as a kid, which got me into In Living Color, which got me into stand up. Like, I wanted to be a stand up since I was seven. I Wow. And then so before were you that, only- I, were you Before always that, writing jokes? I in I remember I found a, a like a science notebook from middle school, and there was jokes written in the corners. So yeah, I mean at least in middle school I was writing stuff. I mean were, was it good? No, not necessarily. But you know it was like ideas and the idea of being funny. At least I was attempting it. I guess yeah. Mm. Just getting those reps in once you practice writing a joke, you get all your bad jokes out of the way before anybody hears you. And then from that point on, it's just your style. And do people find you funny or not? Yeah. And then then when you, when you, when you are into it that early and, and you start, you know, you read up on the history of it and you know, you know, who started when you, you realize there's a lot of guys who started young, like, you know, this guy started when he was 18. And so, I'm like 16, like, oh no, I'm wasting my time. Like, you know, there was already this urgency because I had read stories about, oh, Woody Allen was submitting 
jokes to, you know, your show of shows when he was however many years old or whatever, you know? I think. Yep. And then on the flip side, you find out guys like Rodney Dangerfield started. Yeah, later, later much later. Mm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I'm life so- happens too, you know. It's like I started at 17, but there was years of me barely mm. being able to do it and this and that. And, you know, yeah. I was going to say, I think I heard something. I was curious if you think this too. I think it was maybe Michael Jordan or somebody said that I wasn't better. I was just more obsessed with this or what I do with anybody. Do you feel yeah. like that was you too? Like you just. You know, part of the success is being obsessed with this. And then- uh, I mean, I actually, I, I, I think detriment is I'm no longer as obsessed because mm. because I did start so young, and so you get like jaded, and you, you know, you're 20 and jaded. What the fuck is that? Like that's you know, <laughs> it's insane. So, and also, you, you see, the thing with basketball and Michael Jordan saying that is being obsessed with with us with being you know because the objective is literally in a sport is to be great at the sport but Mm. in comedy if i go well i'm obsessed with comedy it's like well that could be irrelevant you know it's also like the idea of being like a nag you know like Mm. forcing your way into situation like there's Mm. you know like buddying up you know like you don't get into the nba because because you know you're you're a good friend of some other like you got to be able to play fucking basketball you know and comedy necessarily isn't like that so yeah you can be obsessed with it but you also have to be like obsessed with it in a healthy way Mm. because you can be obsessed and it still doesn't fucking work out you know so you got to like have your priorities straight and not be a psycho and also a big part of comedy is like you got to be relatable. You got to be a human being. It's like there's so many comics who like they'll call people civilians, like they're in the fucking military or something, you know. <laughs> and like, like, like this, I I hear so many comics say this, where it's like, oh, you know, oh, all my friends are comics, and so it's so hard to laugh at other people. And it's like everybody else is way funnier than comics. Comics are fucking losers for the most part, you know. But then you realize that, like, oh, these comedians, like. They're not funny. They're just joke writers. That's a lot of it, too. You know, where it's like, Mm. I like back of the bus funny people. And Mm. and if you could write a joke, awesome. You know, but that doesn't necessarily, like, it doesn't, you know, again, like, there's a lot of Harvard graduates that are in writer's rooms because they figured out a way to write. There is a way. You could figure it out. I mean, there's comics I love. I love. And then I found out, like, they literally learned from joke books. Like, it's possible. Like, you can learn from a joke book. Anybody listening? <laughs> you really can. It's demented. Now, would you say that as a comic, you got to really learn to promote yourself and get out there well? Yeah. Another thing I'm terrible at. <laughs> I was just about to ask. Was yeah, I don't there do it at all. I don't, prom- I don't think I've ever promoted the WrestleRoast podcast. Like, I've never tweeted about it or I don't think well, so. I mean, that settles my next question. I was going to say, is <laughs> On there my own account learn no. from comedy to help promote the podcast? But. Well, so yeah, so you're just talking to the wrong guy about promotion, but I would say, <laughs> like, you, you know, you, you do have to constantly post things. You do have to, you know, somehow we've all woken up and, like, Instagram and Twitter and, and TikTok, they are a part of our reality. It's no longer fake somehow. And so you have to present yourself, you know, like four times a day, or are you doing this? Mm. <laughs> you know, That's the hardest thing we talk to other podcasters. And I think the scariest thing is that everybody is learning as we go. You know, you ask other podcasters for advice and they're like, look, man, nobody told me shit. 
They're just like, <laughs> this is what I've been doing and it's yeah. kind of working. And you're like, oh, okay. So we're just all rolling the dice and hoping for the best. And, and I think with comedy, especially if you like, if you love the idea of being funny and, and funny, it's that like tweeting and doing the, it's like, it's so goes against whatever that like feeling is like that feeling of being genuine. Cause it, it, it's such, it, it is also a tool that is like, Hey, come get this thing you know it's almost like disrespectful to the, the craft you know to just like throw out your dog shit observations because you have to yeah you know right. and so there is that battle and and yeah that that's every day i just i just stare at the wall going are you gonna post you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah and what post is gonna connect with people you'll put out a post that five yeah. people like and then you'll put out some bullshit post that you could care less about and you're like how'd that get 200 likes oh like, yeah dude you say the dumbest thing. oh that's like the that's the biggest heartbreaker is like you know so if you're doing well on stage that's awesome but if you're doing poorly and it's not because you're sucking but it's like because and, and you can tell this is how you can tell this is what i mean because people go oh don't blame the crowd but sometimes you can and this is why like just like you said where you could write like the dumbest tweet and it'll get more likes than a, a well-crafted tweet or something if if i'm doing poorly i will go oh what are my three lamest jokes and i'll tell them and they'll do well you know what i'm saying like if i'm bombing i go oh i know how to recover tell your worst stuff <laughs> and then people love it and you go well go fuck yourself you know? what, what am i doing here who am i that trying does to feel to? good though like digging yourself out of a hole but it's like digging yourself out of a hole with the worst shovel you own yeah exactly yeah, oh, yeah. for sure now, did you ever see that new Twilight Zone remake where they had the episode with Kamel Namjani as a comic? And no. it's like when he's doing the material that he likes on stage that he thinks is important, it's going nowhere. But then when he starts telling things from his life, it's going over huge. And then it's almost like it starts consuming him that he starts telling more of these things from his life and... It's an episode you'd have to see because, like, That's I think really it's one of the better written episodes I've ever seen of there. And just, oh, wow. I wanted to get a comics point of view from it. So, I mean, wait, wait, so what's the idea of the episode? Is that, oh, oh, so he's bombing because he's trying to say important things, but it turns out when he speaks about his life, it's way more relatable. That, that Yeah, and sure he's also happens. realizing it's hurting the people oh, at dude. home. So it's this oh. fine line. Hmm. Well, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, and we'll go back to like roasts and wrestle roasts, you know? So I, I, I was on the Comedy Central roast battles. I think I was on two of them, right? And, and one of them, the battler made a joke about my sister that I said, hey, don't bring this up. Like, we never do that. You know, you never go, mm. hey, like, it's always fair game. But now we're talking television, you know? And so yeah. the comic told me, hey, maybe don't say this, don't say that. I go, dude, of course, you know? And then I said, hey, don't bring this up about this person i think i already said it with my sister but anyway she called me fucking crying after it aired and stuff and that mm. was like really brutal yeah there's a lot of that i mean i don't yeah. do roast battles anymore and part of it is like i, I got a girlfriend she has a kid like i don't want to stand there and hear some fucking random guy make the joke and then they're gonna post it on youtube where mm. you know no one's gonna even mm. watch it except someone who might know someone who is being talked about which is insane you know so yeah there's you definitely got to be smarter but in terms of myself and my experiences like yeah fair game i'll talk about anything you know mm. yeah 
Yeah, that was actually something we brought up with Mike Lawrence about just doing roast. And he said with the autism diagnosis that he just almost doesn't have like the emotion to process it. Yeah. And that's why he thinks he's the best at it. And I told Dave, I couldn't remember a hundred percent and I was hesitant to bring it up to Mike, but I'm not sure if he was the one that roasted Ralphie may like fresh off his divorce. Yeah, he did, man. He was the one who knew he nuked Ralphie and I believe that really affected Ralphie. I think, Mm. I think he was pissed. Yeah, and it was intense, but like when you you're watching a roast, you're like, holy shit, that joke hit. Yeah, but then you almost him, forget about the person behind it. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. At the same time, I you know, Ralphie went in there like he shouldn't have done that show. You know, he just showed up and he's like, You you smell bad. <laughs> now it's all coming back to me. Like I remember Ralphie not giving a shit there at all, and then just being like so Ralphie was bombing before Mike even said anything terrible because Ralphie's jokes literally weren't hitting, you know? And then Mike comes out with like not only funny jokes, which mm. Ralphie wasn't doing, but cutting jokes. So it's like, you, and you're not only cutting a guy who's not doing well, you're cutting a guy who's bombing. Mm. So I think that was part of it was that Ralphie was bombing too. Because when, do- when you're both doing well in a roast, dude, you could say anything. It really like, it's going to bounce off both of you because- Everybody in the room, there's this feeling of like, this doesn't mean anything personal. But if someone's not doing well, all of a sudden you start feeling for the person and it comes off like bullying, you know? Kind of, yeah. It's almost like a boxing match where there's some back and forth. But then when a guy is losing the match, it's like, oh, you're just beating that poor man. And now he's going to have brain damage. Yeah. It's like, well, we came to box. I don't know. Yeah. It reminds me of those things where you could be talking shit with your buddies and everything like that. But then some random people show up and you have those guys that are going, ooh, oh. And then suddenly the guy's embarrassed now that he's getting shit talked and people are which for, which, uh, This doesn't happen to me as much because, again, I don't like write as much online. But my friends who constantly post, like, yeah, there are people who if, if you know, my friend is a type of comic that is like, you know, is like shit talky or whatever, however mm-hmm. you want to call it. Then there's these people in their comments shitting on them because they think it's part of it, but they're just, it's just comes off kind of mean. And yeah, I got friends who that bothers them. Yeah. It's like, I'm mean amongst my friends with my friends. And then our fans see that. So they decide to be mean to me. That's not right. A way to... Dude, we don't know you. <laughs> yeah. Very weird. It is weird how that works, right? To like fandom sure. and social media. Oh, I'm just going to say some messed up shit to this person I've never met. Cause Wild. that's cool. Right well, dude, I don't think I've ever read a, a response to a post that's ever been worth it you know no post mm. is worth re- unless it ends ended in a question mark what are you doing you know now so who true. has the wildest responses so between wrestling and comedy like which do you think has the rougher fans in the social media comments mm. so wrestling it's i think it's more whereas comedians it's you're going to get a specific amount of people commenting at you. And you kind of know based on the material you're doing, the shows you're doing, the whatever, even like sometimes the podcast you're doing where it's like these people are listening to me because they're into those things. And so you're expecting it, you know, as opposed to like, let's say you work for WWE. Oh, my goodness. I, I would assume 500 people like write the most random wrestler in WWE and just threaten, you know, tell them they should kill themselves every day just because, you know? Right. And then, like, you know, you go, like, wrestling in particular because it is, like, there's a childish thing to it. And it's, like, we know that, like, 
there are people, and I don't want to be offensive, but like mentally, they aren't all there sometimes. And so they're just commenting like, like Mike said, in terms of he, you know, he might not have the filter. I'm telling you, if anybody doesn't like percentage wise, I'm sure there's more people without filters that are fans of wrestling than anything else. (laughs) And so they're just being so harsh, so rude, so wrong. And they probably don't even realize it. You know, they got something wrong with them. Mm. 100%. Now, Scott, thank you for joining us today. We are honored to have you on. Like I said, patreon.com slash WrestleRoast. If you're not listening to WrestleRoast, you're not doing life right. Scott, is there anything else you'd like to promote before we let you go? No, just, uh, you know, stay safe. Be well. Excellent. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate you. All right. So that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 